0: Welcome to Season 4, Episode 8 of the Glenvor podcast with your host Jason or JJ, where we, I guess we're rebuilding history, redefining it and realigning it and uncovering all sorts of new things. And in this week, as in all other shows, we will be taking a look at two pieces from uh, the website that have gone up recently, uh, one about opening prices for new whiskies, and the other about uh, Robert Robertson's estate. Um, not, I'm neither the largest of articles or even middle of the road, but um, it all helps build, puts some flesh on the bones and helps create uh, this almost living, breathing thing that um, revolves around a lost distillery. So it's been quite the week, actually. Um, A big thank you to everybody who contributed to the fundraiser, which went live earlier this week or reposted it, you know, spread the word. Um, It was a difficult decision for myself to actually go out to the public and see. Um, It's hard to know uh, the level of support you might have. Um, and also I'd always just carried this on my own back and didn't really want to put any burden on anyone else. So uh, it was very humbling and amazing to actually um, see the response. You know, um, For those of you who don't know, what happened was uh, we've been offered uh, a collection of Glenvoore documents, I think about 22 in total, mainly from the early years of the distillery now. Um, I have chased, not in bottles, but certainly documentation around the distillery previously. And whiskey memorabilia uh, is certainly growing in value and um, desirability, I suppose. Um, and generally, I know, depending on the document and what it might have, and uh, the quality, and I guess the little flourishes, if it's got a signature, stamps, or just how ornate it looks, you know, these things can go. £30, £50, pounds, I've seen them quite easily. So, you know, to get the amount of documents we did, I think it was a very fair price. And uh, I have seen the images of them. I'm very excited by what we have. And uh, certainly, even just reading over some and thinking about where they slot in to what we already know, I think they are going to give us some really cool new discoveries. So a big thank you when we launched that, uh, I thought perhaps it might take the sting out of the, the, the cost of um, purchasing the said documents, but actually it actually came out with a surplus after just a couple of days, which was absolutely mind blowing because i never even considered that it would have been that successful immediately. Um, I thought maybe it might be a bit of a a slog and a hard run and uh, you know eventually we might have got there but it might have taken a lot longer so um, huge thank you to all the contributors who uh, put their hand in their pocket no matter how large or small each donation greatly received and we have that um, surplus now which I will look to use to you know store the documents, preserve them if needed, perhaps even frame Uh, the main thing about these documents once they've been, I guess, assimilated into the the website, we can then get them out there, Um, not just even digitally but um, if there's tastings or if there's going to be an exhibition in Inverness or the New Dornick Distillery, you know, get these things framed up, get them there, I, I think it really does add something to history if comes alive doesn't it if you have the ability to see and touch and consider you know it's almost like that extra sense in a way that you can't put your finger on compared to a screen which is a wonderful way to discover things about distilleries but you know to actually have something in your hands I think is magical and and certainly I've experienced that when uh, doing this uh, research when uh, you know I've got the the 1893 plans and i'm unfolding them for the first time and i realize what they are or when i'm opening the log book uh, from the 1930s and i see neil m Gunn's handwriting you know it's it's all there it's all relevant and it you know it just brings a little bit more to everything so thank you to everybody um for the, your trust as well uh, we will make it happen uh, i'll be meeting the seller towards the end of the month I think about the 26th and uh, collecting the documents rather than trusting the postal system that way might get a little bit more background and you know even thinking about it from a work perspective if I was to examine each of those documents on a weekly basis see where it takes us and I think that's the best approach certainly doing I'll mention as well in a moment about where I am this week but um It just gives a lot of time for me to consider where things reside. Do they interconnect with something else? Or, you know, can I double back and it it gives us a totally new perspective on something? Or maybe even made the wrong assumption, you know, um, and we correct it. And I think that's... People have asked me again this week about a book, and a book's very final. And I think there's a lot of incomplete whiskey books out there or text around Glenvor and I don't feel well for a start it wouldn't be a profit basis but I don't feel we're there yet yes it's insanely comprehensive what we have and detailed and far beyond the reaches of any any synopsis on Glenvor previously but I think there's still much more to go so uh, similarly when um the the Inverness Local History Forum want me to do a presentation for them, which was going to be this year, um, but couldn't happen because this year's been quite uh, I guess hard to predict, and uh, I just haven't had time for very little I have time to do that one article a week and this occasional podcast and really, that's it Um, but no, we can make that happen next year, and the advantage of that happening say this time next year i've got another 12 months of research under my belt and these documents the collection you know if you think about it you know 22 documents that's almost six months work right there six months work for the website and uh Looking forward to getting started, so leave that with me. Um, on the site this week, we had the um, chat with Linda, who's a relative, Uncle Bill, William Burney, and her mum obviously remembers um, John Burney, uh, and there's some uh, f- family photographs and memories from Linda, so it was great to see a family member discovering the site and then quizzing me on why you're doing this and where what I, where am I coming from with it and uh, she just full of praise for, you know, collating everything and keeping the memory of the distillery alive as well, um, as well as obviously her relatives, so those sorts of moments are special, and just like the humbling fundraiser as well, really mean a lot, and just show how very unique this is, I think, in many ways, and yes, we're going to replicate it one day with Glen and eventually Melbourne, but... You know it's it's an amazing thing so let's talk about the articles and then I will talk about what I've been up to this week apart from being amazed at fundraising and uh, looking at family portraits we are gonna kick off with uh, two we've got here so the Robert Robertson estate now Robert Robertson this is from 1938 Robert Robertson, if you didn't know, was probably the next significant employee at Glenvore after John Burney um, because John Burney picked him from Spayside, which is where John is originally from. I would love to find out how the men connected. Did they work alongside each other at one point or were they familiar with one another in their work? Possibly. You know, that distilling community would have been a a very busy vibrant community back then but also small in a way and people would be aware of one another as we've seen uh, with some of the documentation we found you know um john Burney was named among some of the most famous distillers uh whose names reside echo today um being on spaceide and ben Rinnis. so i think from memory robert robertson actually came from Mortlach, um and done a little bit of research into him but um for those of you who didn't know he probably, as I said, the first major employee as brewer, um, probably more seen as a Stillman type role now, eventually graduated to be the Glenvor distillery manager and uh, thereafter became, I think, the company secretary and manager of Glenvor and Glenalbin. So, a very significant person and somebody that John clearly you know trusted and relied upon to ensure the whiskey was of the highest quality and things ran as expected. Um, and we can literally track his life in some respects, you know, and this is obviously the end game, his personal estate of um, just over £2,700 in uh, 1938, which I think uh, I did calculate on one of these uh, online calculators for inflation, would represent um, £235,000. Um, so not a bad little estate for someone that's probably more, shall we say, working class and have um, managed to work their way up. Um, John's life, sorry, Robert's life is very intertwined with Glenvor. You know, he would have lived on site. Um, he passed away at Glenalbin. His um, wife also passed away on site as well. And we know that there you know, was children involved. Um, a huge thing for me... This, as things evolve, you know, you start this project and you think, I'd love to find some images of a still room. I would love to f- speak to a former employee, meet family members, these sorts of things. Um, you know, so ticking all these boxes and still a few unticked, but um, then other things happen that you're not expecting. So I would love to uh, learn more about Robert if we can. And there will be um, descendants out there. So hopefully, over time uh, as you type glenvore into the internet and one evening and see where it takes you you're either going to end up at a hotel uh, or some form of cask investment company or more than likely you're going to end up on the site and hopefully just get in touch and tell me your story um, or whatever you have to offer uh, it would be gladly uh, appreciated so that's the aim i hopefully one day and we'll be able to give you a little bit more on Robert Robertson because, uh, you know, every image I look at um Vore and I look at, um, there's one of the famous ones is of um, standing outside the distillery looking down, black and white photograph um, uh, down the line of the warehouses, and there's a photograph in the distance of men, including one man who's more prominent than the others, and uh, the. Uh, I don't think it's the original, but certainly a very first quality, first um, generation quality print is available in the Harland Archives of this. And uh, with magnifying glass, you can you know zoom in quite effectively. And I just wondered if I'm looking, I'm looking at these individuals who are standing there, very proud of their position, work, and what they do in their craft. And I think which one's Robert Robertson to me, you know, because I'm, I would think he's probably in that picture. So these are all things we're gonna work on and over time get a hold of but it was a wee footnote that we found um, just um, mentioning him and um, yeah it's um, with his wife Kate dying in 1918 as well so it just shows you, you know, we're tracking the life of a distillery um, but also the people that played a significant role in that life span and unfortunately as is the nature of life, they come and go and Robert um, called Time in 1938 and he would have been at the distillery um, since 1894 off the top of my head. So, you know, over 40 years at a distillery um, working your way up and pretty much in a senior position in the distillery from day one. So a huge component of the success of Glenforge during that time. The other article... Um, it's an interesting one from 1899 and it's um from the Distillers, Brewers and Spirits Merchants magazine, published on the 1st of November 1899. So, almost oh geez, um, 124 years ago, if you think about it that way. Uh, and it's got a lot of distillery names that you have you might have heard of, some you will not have heard of, um, and real-time travel piece but you know it's each of the distilleries and i I look at grange which is the great burnt island distillery because burnt island's not too far from me and there's some remnants of the grange but generally it's gone and it's totally obliterated it's no longer there but it was a huge distillery um but in in this piece it's all the distilleries basically touting for business so they're saying our new make is this and there may be Briefly mentioning, you know, uh, some enhancement or why it's good or how fantastic the crop is they're using this year. Um, The Glenvor one is quite straightforward. Mrs. McKinley and Bernie inform us that their opening price for Glenvor is the same as last year. Uh, And then you compare it to um, the other distilleries. Uh, Glenalbin, for instance, Um, again, same price as last year. Milburn. Say the price of Melbourne is three shillings and three. Is it sixpence? Delivered Glasgow leaf with usual deductions. The distillery commenced work on the sixteenth of October. Um, you know, it's generally really, really concise statements um, across most distilleries. Um, whereas, you know, I, I highlighted in the piece, Glen Academy um, made a big, big play for pitch for business. We have the pleasure in saying that having brought lo- largely of last season's barley, which we consider the best of the last 20 years for distilling, we were able to start work early last month. So far, the produce is great. Um, we're offering up blah, blah, blah. Uh, as to the new barley, we are not yet in a position to speak. So, two of the Two of the smaller newspaper clippings, but again, they just build up uh, a general picture of things. Um, This week, um, plan-wise, I'm into 1946, so just after the war, and it's amazing how much activity is at Glenvore. You know, McKinley and Burnley are... You know, not resting, they are going for it. So uh, the Dean Guild have records of three planning applications for the distillery. Now two of them are about workers accommodation which I'll touch upon um, in separate articles uh, and it's very interesting that they're obviously thinking about the workers and the returning workforce so soon after the war. There's also uh, the initial one, of the free uh, is about the spirit store. So I've been looking into the spirit store and finding out some things. And again, everything starts to match up, which is really sweet and rewarding because we actually have a 1950s photograph on the website of the spirit store. So you're looking at where this is, you you go into the 1980s and you can pull out the overhead images and you can see, compare that to the rough sketch that we have from Doig on uh, the planning application. And yes, that matches. So okay, we know which building is the new sort of spirit store. That's great. Uh, And then you go to the 1950s image and you're looking at it from a certain angle and you look at the revised plans from uh, a decade or less earlier and, you know, the window's in the right place, the tank is where it should be. Again, it all matches up. And also in the corner of that photograph, you've got... um, sort of um weighing machine which we know was replaced about the same time as the Glen Alban weighing machine because we even have that mentioned somewhere else so everything is coming together in a crazy almost uh, you would think it might be organized but it's certainly not you know i have to scratch my head and go back and think about things and, and that's the good thing about a weekly approach it gives you time to dwell and think and also if you've missed something which can be quite easily done when we have this much information and strands going about so <clears throat> that was this week's podcast uh, update as always thank you for listening thank you for supporting get in touch if you need to ask some questions please uh we'll try and do some more Glenvor things soon um I'm feeling an itch to open a bottle of glenvore Um, so I'll maybe scratch that soon. Uh, I've got a couple to kill off as well, so it's a hard life, I know, but it's a very enjoyable one, and uh, looking forward to some other things as well that hopefully I can reveal soon and seeing where the journey takes us. So thanks again, and uh, I'll see you for the next episode.